wonderful day it is. Thank you for being here at our first grand opening. It's good to see your lovely faces. Some new, some uh, old, but not really old. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> kind of old. We're blessed to be here. I'm Jo, the, the MC, the beautiful MCs, my wife, Ray Dean, and we're so thankful. Got a beautiful team, Heart of the City Church team, and we're, we're tremendously blessed to be at Post Falls with an amazing porta potty. Porta, now listen, it's named Porta Lisa. I snuck out there. I'm like, wow. Warm, clean. We, we got one right next to it. Come on, Todd. Handicapped, accessible right next to it. Come on, somebody. We did that because you're like, you don't have bathrooms at the church? We do. But they're downstairs. The stairs are skinny and steep. And we're trying to keep the restrooms downstairs for the children. So there's, you know... So right out, right out here, all the way from Indiana, Porta Lisa, for real. And so we're very thankful for Porta Lisa. I'm not making that up. Go look. It's real. Very real. Nicest, one of the nicest porta potties I've ever been in. My wife and I and family had the opportunity to be on Family Feud a while back, and uh, they had amazing porta potties on Family Feud, no joke. And so we're right there with Family Feud now, yo. Yeah, we really are. <laughs> well, we're going to dive into God's Word. I hope you brought your Bibles today. You can bring them on, you know, pages or your phone or however you want to. We are a Bible preaching church. You may come in here and you go, wow, they, they love worship. They love praise. Why do you do that? Well, if you look in Psalms 22, verse 3, God is enthroned in the praises of his people. There's theology. There's doctrine by, behind why we do what we do. As we worship him, guess what? He comes into this room. He fills this room. Robert in the back, God bless you, brother. Good to see you back there. Hey, comes and fills this place, and I tell you what, that's why we do what we do. And so if you've never been part of a church that practices that, I just encourage you to just dive right in. Huh, Rob? Amen. You better say amen. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, I see a lot of people here that help get this place going. My brother in the back with all the paint. Omega, come on, baby, out. Is it just Omega? It's Omega, right? God bless you, brother. Thank you. Paint exterior, roofing right here. Come on, somebody. Brand new roof. I hate to start that because so many people helped, but they put a roof on, paint on the outside, transformed this place, and I'm so thankful for, for each one of you that helped. I tell you what, what it's, it's fun to a place that's nice because it gets all the, it just makes room for people experience the presence of God, you know, and so thank you for everyone who poured in to this building. We don't worship the building. The building is just 
border for us. The church is you. We is the church. Terrible grammar, but it's right. Come on, somebody. We are the church. I got their Bibles. We're going to start a new series, even as we start into the new campus today. The series is called The Arrival. Say that with me. The Arrival. The Arrival. Today is the very day. December the 3rd is the very first day of Advent. And so it kind of tells off of that, the arrival, the Advent. I call it the sound of Advent because God, what's the sound to me? The voice of God, tapping into the voice of God. He wants to speak to us throughout the season of Advent. He wants to touch our lives. The Advent is actually from December the 3rd through December the 24th, and we're just going to talk about that. For me, the Advent is this. My J-O definition of Advent is simply this. Someone very special arrives. You can get on, you know, other dictionary. That's just my, 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 that's my def- definition of Advent. Someone special arrives arrives. And we're going to talk about that someone special because his name is Jesus. Come on, somebody. He's here today. And what a special arrival. You can go to an airport. You ever go to the airport and you saw those big electronic screens that says departure and arrival? You know, they don't really pump you up. You know, I go there and there's Delta, 718, arriving at 703, and I'm not excited about that. United, Southwest, it's like, oh, they're arriving at 818, uh, 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 1213 flight. I'm not excited about that. You know why? I don't nobody, I don't know anybody on those flights. Somebody might be excited about the arrival. I'm not. I am, I am very excited when my wife's been gone for a long time, and there's hers, you know, United, 313, flying it at 09. Come on, somebody. And my wife's on it, or my kids or grandkids on it. Uh, I'm super excited about that arrival because I know someone on that plane. There's all kinds of different levels of excitement. Uh, on arrivals because of a value of arrivals. One time, um, my wife doesn't know I'm going to say this today, but I'm, I'm going to say it. It's a, it's a good thing. And she's like, wow, here we go. Years ago, 33 and a half years ago, I married my beautiful wife, and I, I, I gave her a ring, you know, you know what I'm saying, engagement ring, and got her a ring for the wedding. Uh, and then my son got married, and she decided to give that ring to my son in order to give to his girlfriend or engage, now wife, Micaiah. And so my wife was, out, was without a ring. And, uh, man, I was thinking, wow, I'd love to get my wife a nice ring. And I started saving and saving and saving. And I've got good friends in, in uh, Arizona who has a connection in L.A., all legal. <laughs> all legal. When I say connection, you're like, yeah, whatever, J.O., Totally legal, legit, connection, Arizona, L.A. And I was so excited. I save money, save, save, save. And, and all of a sudden, it's coming. And, and I'm, I got to be home when it gets there because I got to sign for it and all those things. And then I was able to give it to her for anniversary. When you get something that good, 
that big. It can't just be for one thing. You know what I'm saying? So it was anniversary and her birthday, right? Seriously. I got to cover some dates. And Mother's Day, too. We just threw it off. This thing was the bomb ring, right? And so I was so excited about the arrival of that ring, and she wears it today, and and uh, I was so blessed. I'm, I'm always excited when summer arrives in Coeur d'Alene and Post Falls. That is a great arrival. Don't look at the cow. I can tell you when summer arrives around here, it's 4th of July. It doesn't matter what they say out there. What your doesn't say first day of summer. That doesn't matter. It's the it's the Fourth of July. If you're new to this area, I, I get excited for the arrival of opening hunting season. It's like you can't sleep before I put the alarm clock on. I don't need the alarm clock because I'm looking at the clock. You know, three a.m., four a.m. Time to get up. The arrival of hunting season. Uh, we had a, you know, when we arrived here to plant Heart of the City Church 17 years ago, it was like an awesome arrival. I'm like, man, I'm in my promised land. These are my peoples. I'm pastoring here. Andy was with us way back then. Uh, Mindy and Sean, and Mindy and Sean was the first wedding we did October. How many years ago was it this October? 16 years. We had a one, you know, beautiful. Arrivals when it comes to to life and and celebrating arrivals and most of them are super exciting. You know, arrivals are very very cool. Um, some of them are not so cool when you have the arrival of an awkward family member coming. You know what I'm saying? Like Uncle Buck, Harlot. You know what I'm saying? It's like. Not so cool. One of my favorite arrivals was when Radine and I got married. Got married uh, July 7th, 1990, in a place called Trinidad, way northern California on the Hidden Coast. And I was more nervous than a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. I showed up out there on the rock, and I was missing clothing. Yes. People had to drive like 30 miles to go pick up some of my clothes. And then we're heading to our first honeymoon night, and I didn't have the key to our cabin. <laughs> Believe me, I chased that key down, but I'm just talking about the anticipation and excitements of arrivals. Here's one, another one of my favorite. My son was, was born in 1992, and then our daughter in 1994, the arrival of a new baby. And then our grandkids, we have four grandsons, Jonesy, and then Jameson, and then twins, Raleigh and Raider. You talking about an excitement of arrivals. Arrivals, how many know arrivals are very, very cool? This season, we celebrate the greatest arrival of all time. J to the E to the S-U-S. It's, it's the advent 
Uh, I wonder what the anticipation of the arrival of Jesus was like. Think about that. What did they expect? What was that anticipation like? Because we know who Jesus is. We know what took place. But, but this is the very first for Mary and Joseph. And I, I want to read some scripture. Can I do that? You got your Bibles, Luke 1. The first passage is going to be a little long, but I just read it this morning. Check this out. Now in the sixth month, I think that sixth month is E-L-U-L. Phil, how do you pronounce that? Where are you at, Phil? What is it? Elo. It was that month that this took place, the angel Gabriel. And, you know, we go, angel Gabriel, wow, that's cool. Man, this is, how about, what would you feel like if a 12-foot angel got all up in your bedroom? You could say, Joe, was he 12 foot? I don't know. I bet you he wasn't four feet. I'm just saying. I don't know how tall he was. But it shook them to the core. It goes on to say, an angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the, I know some of you heard that. Just go with me. Just go with me. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord are you among women. And when she saw him, she did exactly what you and I would have done. She was troubled at his saying. This was. Then the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Wow. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and he shall, uh, his, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. Everyone say great. Jesus is great. And will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? What does that mean? She's a virgin. She's never had sex before. She, she is like, wow, how, I'm going to have a kid and I don't even know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, this is powerful right here because Jesus is not your normal baby. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Wow. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Bam. Therefore, also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, her cousin, your relative, was also conceived in the age of her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her. She was called barren, for with God nothing will be impossible. How many of you know that today? Whatever you're faced with today in this room right now, Whatever you're faced with right now in this room, nothing's impossible. If you're dealing with a health situation, we're going to pray for you. If you don't know Jesus Christ walked away from him, listen to me right now. Today is your day. Nothing's impossible when it comes to God. And he goes on to say, then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Anticipation. This would bring great anticipation to me at the arrival of an angel to bring such amazing news. 
And you really don't know what exactly it all means, but it would bring great anticipation. Number two, listen to this. What did the arrival mean to them? What, what did that mean to them? Well, this is some thoughts that could mean to them. Uh, roughly 400 years between Malachi. How many of you know where Malachi is in the Bible? It's the last book of the Old Testament. To the Matthew or John the Baptist, there's roughly 400 years in there that, wow, John the Baptist shows up in a very dark season. It's a very violent period of history. Um, hopelessness, darkness, violence, and all of a sudden John comes out declaring he's making the way for the Messiah who is Jesus Christ. So it's a very unique time during that time. And number three, what does the arrival mean for us? What does the arrival of Jesus mean for you today? I love that, everything. I agree with you. I'm going to share three thoughts on what I think. There, there's Everything is really big. So we could talk about many, many, many things that the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, means to us. But I want to break it down into three areas today uh, I think really means to me and a lot of you. And the first one is the arrival of the very presence of the Almighty God. Jesus, God in a bod, comes to earth, no joke. God steps out of heaven in the form of a man, the presence of the Almighty. We can experience the presence of God today because of what he did, the unadulterated presence of God. I, I sensed him this morning. I sense him now all because of what Jesus did, the very presence of the Almighty God among men. Look what it says in Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born. So we see that there's going to be a child that is born. This is years before it takes place. So we see that it's going to be a baby. Somebody say baby. Unto us a son is given. We know two things out of that. There's a baby and it's a boy, a male. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Listen, 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 look, look, look. Mighty God. Say that with me, Mighty God. Baby, man, Mighty God. How has that happened? Well, it's a mystery, but it's true. It goes on to say, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, uh, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Look at Isaiah 7.14. This is the prophet that spoke these things hundreds of years before Jesus showed up in the flesh. Isaiah 7.14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold the virgin. Remember the virgin? Mary, Gabriel, the virgin shall conceive. How will she conceive? By the Holy Spirit and bear a son that's who we're talking about today. And I want you to look at this. This is what is so important. And shall call his name Emmanuel. Say that with me, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. 
He's not your normal dude. He's not your normal son. He's Emmanuel. Mary, a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit. Gabriel announces it. And all of a sudden, Jesus, God with us. Emmanuel, that, that, that word, L, E-L. God, Jehovah, has arrived. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is someone very special. It's the arrival of God in the flesh walking among us, the presence of God. This is unlike any other baby born. This is Jesus. This is Emmanuel. This is God, mighty God, the arrival of God on earth. Listen, he's 100% God, and he's 100% man. You need to know that today. The Bible says people perish for the lack of Say that with me, knowledge, not faith. Some people can have faith. Some people got crazy faith. Some people got wrong faith. Some people have faith in wrong gods. You can have all kinds of faith. But knowledge is so important that you understand who Jesus is and that he came, that he's Emmanuel. He's God with us today. He's right now in this room. He's touching life. He comes to do a lot of different things. I want you to read this beautiful passage in Colossians because it just kind of lays out even a little more depth of who Jesus is. Colossians 1, 15 through 18. You there? Smile at me if you're there. I don't got my Bible, J.O. Hey, you don't never have to bring your Bible as long as you have it memorized. If you've got to memorize, we good. Colossians 1, 15 through 18, listen to this. He is the image, Jesus, of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is a, before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, that's you and I, the church, you and I, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. Wow, that's who Jesus is. Listen to what code red Jesus says about himself in John 14, 70. If you don't know my language, code red means this. Jesus said it. You know the little red letters in your Bible? Code red. This is what Jesus says in John 14, 7. Check it out. Listen to what he says. He says, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. Look, look, look. Here's the mystery. And from now on, you know him and have seen. What? Jesus is God. You've known him and you, what's happening here? Well, I was trying to tell you the arrival of God, the arrival of God's presence, that he became, listen, one of us, one who is for us. He wanted to be with us so much that he became, look, like us. Wow. That's amazing. 
God didn't have to do that. He, he doesn't have, he's supreme. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's every, every, everywhere. He's maker, creator, omnipotent. He didn't have to do this, but because of his great love for us, so that we could have a relationship with him, he stepped out of heaven and became like us. Not like us in the area of sin, but he became sin for us that we could have a relationship with him. He walked in my shoes. He walked in whatever shoes you got on today. He has walked in those shoes. He knows exactly what you go through. He's in the room now, and he's here right now to touch your life. Listen to what the Bible says about his presence out of Psalms 1611. It says, you, shall, you will show me the path of life in your presence is the fullness of joy. How many of you need a little joy in your life? Just three or, three or four of you. How many of you need a little joy in your life? It comes from the presence of God. It doesn't come from religiosity. I'm allergic to this thing called religion. Straight up, I get the hives. What do you mean by that, J.O.? It's like, hey, you go through the motions, come to church every week, you look like you got your game together, but you have no relationship in Jesus Christ. It's all laws, legalism, and so forth and so on. I don't like religion, but I love a relationship with Jesus Christ because that's what's changed my life. And it says this, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In that word right there, presence, say that with me, presence. In the Hebrew word of that word, there's a word inside that word that means the face. <laughs> Who said that? I heard the face. You said that. That's beautiful. It's exactly right. In his face, a portion of that. In his face. We want to be in the face of God. We want to have a relationship in the face of God. Jesus, God the Son, came to earth. Listen, I, I read this a long time ago. A lady read this to me in counseling whenever I first got born again. And I was like, wow, this is the most exciting writing that it sounds like in the Bible. And it comes out of 1 John. I, I want to read this to you today because God give us this type of excitement. It's John, 1 John 1, 1 through 4. Just listen, listen to the excitement when they're talking about Jesus, Emmanuel, the arrival, the advent special one who shows up. Listen to the words. It says this. See if you can catch the excitement. That which was from the beginning, which we've heard. Somebody say heard. Which we have seen. Somebody say seen. Listen to what it says. Seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen. What do you mean? You already told me that. They're so stinking excitement. They're so excited about the arrival. Seen. Look what he says. Has seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What's manifested to me? It's like Jesus. God manifested for you and I. That which we have, uh-oh, there he says it again, seen. Somebody say seen. I think he wants you to know that they've seen him. That they touched him. That they heard him. That they saw, experienced, heard the manifested presence of God, Jesus. 
that which we have seen and heard and declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with Father and the Son, Jesus Christ, and these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. Did anybody catch the excitement in that other than me? Jesus didn't leave us orphans when he went up. It's right now God is on the throne. Jesus is on the right hand of God. When he ascended, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you orphans. Why would he say orphans? Because we're his kids. We're his kids. If you're a believer today, if you're not, you're going to have an opportunity to, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. When he went up, the Holy Spirit came down. The Holy Spirit is with us today. He's my best friend and my hero. He leads me. I pray that he fills my cup. I pray that he fills your cup. I pray that he leads you, leads you every day all the way into heaven. He wants to lead you. He wants to fill you. Emmanuel, the presence of God. Everyone say the presence of God. That's one main thing that Jesus came so that you could experience the presence of God. Number two, the arrival of the Savior. Everyone say Savior. Why would you need a Savior? You can't save yourself. If you think that you're nice enough, I got news for you. You're not nice. I know you may be nicer than me, but you're not nice enough. I'm good, J.O., you're not good. Let me, let me spell out the gospel clearly. You're not good. That's worldly, new age, somehow that you're good. You are not good. The Bible says there is none good. No, not one. We are sinners. Say that with me, sinners. J.O., I don't like you any longer. Calling me a sinner and I'm not good and I'm... Well, we are. We're sinners. We're not good. We need a Savior. I need to be saved from myself, saved from this world, and saved from this thing that we don't like to talk about in church any longer, a place called hell. We need to know that there is a hell. And there's one who wants to save us from it, right? He's a Savior. He's the Savior of the world. He has arrived to save us. Listen to what it says in Luke 2, 8 through 11. All of a sudden, uh, there's an interaction with the shepherds in the field. Look what it says, Luke 2, 8 through 11. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold an angel, uh oh angel again. Woo, angels show up everywhere. We don't really believe in angels. You better get over it. Angels are very, very real. They're very real. All through the Bible, all through the New Testament, angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid, just like you would be. You're in the field trying to chill out with your sheep, and an angel shows up. You'd be shaken in your boots like I would. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Wow, something happening with these shepherds is going to affect the entire world. For there is born to you this day in the city of David 
Look, 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 look. A Savior. Say that with me, a Savior. You need to know that's one of the main reasons Jesus' advent, the arrival, he comes to save. And he goes on to say, who is the Christ our Lord? John 3, 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be, come on, go with me, church, might be saved. Every one of us needs a Savior. I got lots of money, J.O. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm very poor. Doesn't matter. Everyone needs a Savior because we've all sinned. Sin, one sin. It doesn't have to be a a load of sin. You don't have to be a murderer or rapist or anything. One sin separates you from the presence of the Almighty God. But Jesus became sin for us. Everyone in this room and everyone that you run into needs a Savior, right? It goes on to say, Acts 4.12, now, nor is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must. Say that with me, must. It is a must. It's a must that you're saved, that you meet a Savior. It's a must be saved. Acts 2.21. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord, look, 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 shall be saved. December the 7th, 1986, Dunbar, West Virginia. I bounced the night before. Had got invited to go to church. Woke up in my dorm room. Drove two, two and a half hours to go to church out of my dorm room. Bouncing the night before at Babe's place. Drove from Moorhead, Kentucky to Dunbar, West Virginia. Walked into a church like this. Heard about the Savior and got radically saved. I believe that's some of you today. He's mighty to save. He wants to save you. He loves you. Got great plans for your life. Look at what it says in Romans 10.9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, look, you will be, go with me, church. Good. Guess what the Savior does? He saves. He saves. He's mighty to save. He saves us from sin, from death, from eternal damnation. I mean, it's really good news. You ever see something someone calls you up, you're like, dang, man, that's too good to be true. See something on TV, you're like, no, I ain't buying that. That's too good to be true. Anybody ever seen that? You're like, there is no way. There is a hook. There is a catch to this. There is no, you are a salesman. No way that's too good to be true. The gospel is too good to be true, but it's true. Jesus did it all. He did all the heavy lifting for you and I. Number three, the arrival of our healer. Say that with me, healer. His presence Savior, salvation, 
and healer. There's people in this room today, listen to me real good, perk up your ears, you need healing. Like he comes to save, he comes to heal. He's a healer. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God who heals. Look what it says, what Jesus did when he walked on earth, and he does today, seated beside the right hand of the Father. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good, healing. Say that with me, healing. All who are oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Healing is a humongous ministry of Jesus Christ. That's what he did then, and that's what he does now. Listen to Matthew. It's going to tie it into Isaiah. Isaiah was a major prophet prophesying about Jesus. But first, I want you to, I want you to see there's this connection of like two, double first cousins, salvation and healing, salvation and healing, salvation and healing, salvation and healing. Matthew 8 16 through 17. Make sure you, you look this up right now. I want you to see this is a very important doctrine in my book. It says, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. He cast the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick. Somebody say all. He healed all who were sick. I want you to see this important statement. It says, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So there's Isaiah again. Isaiah prophesies about Emmanuel. He prophesies about the Savior, but he also prophesies about healing. There is a covenant that God's made with you and I. One of them is salvation. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. But there's also this covenant of healing. Does everyone get healed? I, hey, there's a mystery in healing. I preach the gospel. Not everyone gets saved. But I preach the gospel. I lay hands on the people, and some get healed, and some don't. There's mystery involved in healing. But this is my position. We stand and believe for salvation and for healing. I'm going to pray for you for healing because it's written. And so what did Isaiah say? What is Matthew speaking of here? This is what he's speaking of. Isaiah 53, 4-5. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Look, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our our inequities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. Look, and by his stripes we are healed. If I'm going to believe that he saves, I'm going to dang well believe that he heals. Why would you rip something out that's in the same passage? Psalms 103 says, he forgives all my inequities. Oh, whoa, wait a minute. And Heals all your diseases. What does the arrival mean to you today? You can experience the presence of God every day. When I go through a difficult time, I start leaning into God's presence. 
What does it mean to me? He's my Savior. What does it mean to me? He's my healer. This is it's a small area of what Jesus has done, but it's a very important area of what Jesus has done.